the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We did not get our normal Monday visit with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management on Labor Day, but we are not going to cheat you out of hearing from Josh of Aptus Wealth Management. It's time for Money Monday here on The Answer. Your chance to understand markets better, volatility, saving for retirement. He is, as I said, with Aptus Wealth Management, A-P-T-U-S, Aptus Wealth Management. They are located in Lewis Center, which is just off Route 750, and Josh and I host the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show on Fridays at 7, we replay it Saturdays at noon. If you'd like to get together with Josh and his team for a free no-obligation consultation, you can reach out to them and make your appointment. Their number at the office is 614-917-1040. Their web address is aptuswealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. And when we discussed uh, our topics on Friday, Josh, we talked about the Fed and are they done raising rates and this, that, and the other. And I'm just kind of curious, like, what does the Fed look at as its prime indicator of whether or not it's going to raise rates or not? Is it the same inflation figure that the rest of us see, or do they have a different metric that they value? Uh, well, actually, the Fed takes a look, uh, a little bit more close look, at least, at something called the core PCE, which is the expenditures price index or consumption expenditures price index. And that's a little bit different than the overall inflation numbers that sometimes we sometimes we hear released by the federal government, for example. Um, and essentially, it looks at inflation but excludes food and energy. Now, why they would want to exclude food and energy to track <laughs> it? Well, you can talk to them about that. I'm not exactly sure. But I think what this points to is that there's a bunch of different metrics and ways that different entities track inflation and track everything for that matter, whether you're talking about jobs added, jobs reduced. Um, you know, how we monitor uh, stocks that we purchase and price to earnings ratios versus all sorts of different ratios. So this is, you know, a little bit of math, a little bit of science, a little bit of art. Um, but, you know, the interpretation is key. So sometimes we'll hear negative news in one media outlet and then the next media outlet will say, no, it's actually positive news. And it's very easy for us to blame the media uh, because, you know, a lot of times they are polarizing depending on the network you watch. But sometimes it's not even a, an issue of them trying to be polarizing. They're just interpreting data differently. And that's when it becomes difficult to make decisions about your future when you're trying to interpret that data without the right, you know, let's call it decoder ring, right? Yeah, and, and it's interesting you bring that up because, like, there's a story in the dispatch today about how booming the Columbus economy is, but people in Ohio don't feel it that way. And the story goes into all the things that we hear from uh the uh, president's office and unemployment is low and this industry's coming in. You know, we've got a lot of tech coming in with Google and Intel and on and on and on and on, but people aren't feeling that. And so uh, I'm kind of interested why do you have a guess or do you have a, a, an insight into why would the Fed look at an inflation index, that PCE, with food and energy stripped out? Is that because food and energy are, are volatile and they don't want uh, something volatile to come in and predict what they do with interest rates? Uh, that would be my guess, yeah. I mean, if you look at food and energy, energy is a perfect example, you know, as now China looks like they're announcing plans to, to try and stimulate their wavering economy. 
Um, and one way they can do that is by starting to impact the price of uh, oil and, and tariffs on oil as they bring in oil for their, you know, their companies to use. So if you look at the barrel of oil, which was up last week, for example, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that that level of volatility hits across the board, whether it's housing, et cetera. But I, I think that the takeaway is if you're sitting at home going, well, I don't really feel like I'm feeling the impacts of everything that I'm hearing on the news. These things happen in pockets. Think about just the real estate market. You know, Ohio's real estate market is significantly different than Florida's, is different than Arizona's, is different than California's. Well, similarly, when you look at investments or you look at inflation, that's also going to be somewhat segmented based upon where you're investing or, uh, you know, what you purchase and where you live. So, you know, while, you know, the tech industry might be up, well, the energy sector might be down. And there was no clearer example of that than last year. There are 11 sectors in the S&P 500. Think energy, telecommunications, uh, technology, et cetera. And last year, energy stocks were up 66%, while simultaneously telecommunication stocks were down 40%. So does that mean the market had a good year or a bad year? <laughs> I guess it depends on where you are. So it's important to be not only diversified, but also have an active approach on how you start to lean in or lean out of sectors to protect yourself and mitigate risk. Get with Josh and the Aptus team, 614-917-1040, to schedule your free no-obligation consultation. They're located in Lewis Center, right along Route 750, which is not far from 23 and 270. They can take you as a client if you're outside the area. Remote access does allow that. 614-917-1040, their office number to set up your no-obligation consultation. You can also make your appointment at their website, and their web address is aptuswealth.com, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. Dot com. So we're now in September. Uh, we start to see the end of the year, you know, just creeping over the horizon. And we want to give people plenty of time to do whatever they might need to do when it comes to tax planning. Uh, are there some things they should be looking at here in the remaining months of 2023 to prepare themselves for April when their tax return will be due? Yeah, remember that most of the things that you can do to limit or minimize the tax burden that you have have to be done prior to when you actually go to your accountant to fill out the tax return. So between now and December 31st is when you have the most leeway to make adjustments and changes and hopefully reposition some things to help your scenario. That's not to say that all is lost once we crest over into the new year, but your options are certainly limited. And I think you know, oftentimes we think of the basic stuff like, well, if I'm working, I should contribute to my 401k to minimize my tax burden. I should be doing things like, uh, you know, HSAs for my health expenditures that will also reduce my tax burden. But I think sometimes when we retire, we don't think about the impacts that we can make on our tax burden now that we're done working. Mm -hmm. And that's really when you can get into a long-term plan to figure out ways to do things like minimizing the impact of required minimum distributions. Do Roth conversions make sense to me? How do I not only protect myself from paying taxes and the erosion of taxes on my, on my assets, but how do I pass those assets on to my children? And then how do I, uh, in the most tax-efficient way or whatever beneficiary I want to leave them to? And then how do I protect or guard my gold in the event that, you know, unfortunately, Bruce, you and I uh, both have the same risk, about a 50-50 shot of ending up needing some sort of help via assisted living or long-term care in our lifetime, not something that people like to talk about. But how do we guard our goal, our gold against the erosion of uh, those those types of care centers to make sure that we can pass on as much as we can? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, just it was interesting this over the weekend, I got a call from a friend and he listens to the Aptus Retirement Blueprint radio show uh, Friday nights at seven. 
And this is a topic you and I have covered many times about Social Security, when to take it, the benefits of taking it early, the uh, benefits of taking it late. And he said, hey, you know, I had a friend who told me that uh, once I start taking my Social Security, I can make as much money as I want to, and it doesn't affect my Social Security. And I'm like, well, uh, whoever that was was not a friend because that is absolutely not how it works. And so it's really important to check with somebody who's a fiduciary, and that's what Josh and the Aptus team are, someone who's legally obligated to do what is best for you rather than putting you in an investment vehicle that, you know, uh, if, if you're with an advisor who's uh, telling you that it has to be X, Y, or Z because all we do is X, Y, or Z, um, my spidey senses would activate. And I would say, well, I wonder if that person is legally obligated to do what's best for you. So get with Josh and the team for your free consultation, 614-917-1040, AptusWealth, A-P-T-U-S, AptusWealth.com. So are you proud of me that I told him, no, that's not how it works on Social Security. Once you start taking it, you definitely have to be aware of how much money you're making because that has some significant tax implications. Yeah, well, I mean, Social Security, much like a lot of things, and this isn't meant to scare anyone, but, uh, you know, most of the governmental programs are very nuanced. So your answer was correct, perhaps. Uh, And and let me explain. (laughs) The amount of money that you make outside of Social Security certainly impacts the amount of taxes that you pay on Social Security. It's a very weird animal, Social Security, in that the amount of Social Security that can be subject to tax is actually reflective of how much outside income you have. So if I take out 50 grand, that 50 grand I get taxed on if I take it out of my IRA or a pension. But then that also determines how much of my Social Security gets taxed, which is interesting. But then, you know, if I dove a little bit deeper, you said, well, he said I can make as much money as I want. It won't affect my Social Security. Well, if he's not full retirement age, let's say 62, 63, not only could he be taxed on Social Security based on his outside income, but they might actually take his Social Security back based on the earnings test because he's not a full retirement age. So there's all these little nuances you have to take into consideration that can make a big, big difference. Josh Pick and the Aptus Wealth Management Team, 614-917-1040. Set up your free consultation, 614-917-1040. Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. Great talking with you, my friend. Have a wonderful week. You as well. Thanks. Appreciate Bernie Moreno joining us top of the hour. Go back and listen to that on the podcast if you missed it. Bernie in New York City, uh, his uh, daughter, ready to have uh, another child. And he wanted to be there. While he was there, he went to the Roosevelt Hotel. He found out it's owned by Pakistanis and that New York is paying $6,000 a month per migrant family that they are housing. It adds up to an astronomical number. That wealth is leaving the United States of America to go to Pakistan which housed Osama bin Laden. And oh, by the way, your taxpayer dollars are being used to house those illegal migrants in New York City. These are things that are not reported, of course. You have to seek out alternative sites to find out these details. Um, For instance, I was curious today. Seems like we haven't heard much, which means nothing, in way of an update on the wildfire in Maui. Notice how we don't get the updated death toll from Maui? We don't get an updated missing persons number. So I went online and I Googled. And yet when I searched, how many missing, how many children are still missing in Maui? The last update that I could find on Google was from August the 27th. More than a week ago, 
Like, I would think in the United States of America, missing children in an area devastated by a wildfire would be the kind of story that we would not be getting updates on every day, would be the kind of story we'd be getting an update on every hour. That's kind of a serious thing, right? We all can identify with the desperation of a family trying to find missing children. But I had to go to DuckDuckGo to find a story on the missing children in Maui, and they estimate it. I have no way of knowing if this is accurate or not, but they estimate it as high as 2,000. 2,000 missing children. Where are the media on this? How is this a story that doesn't matter? Now, the other oddity of, and this is the United States of America, right? I mean, if you've been to Hawaii, and I've been fortunate to be able to go several times, it is a different world. But it's not a third world country where they don't have, like, electricity and the Internet and all the modern conveniences of life in America. They will have the missing person total reduced by hundreds from one day to the next, and also increased by hundreds from one day to the next. They'll find X number of people, and then they'll have reports on, oh, we still haven't found this person. So the missing person, which would be adults, hovers around 388. How many weeks has it been since then? They can't find anybody? Now, this is a really gruesome detail. But they've combed through all of the areas incinerated by wildfires. Now they are searching 200 yards out into the ocean for victims of the wildfire because they think people went out there, floated out there, swam out there, got on a boat that went out there, and they are finding victims or partial evidence of victims as far as 200 yards out. But this is a story that should be getting incredible, ongoing, daily coverage. It's not, in my conspiratorial mind, because there is no way they can blame it on someone that the Democratic-run media wants to blame it on. Hawaii is like the city of Columbus in that it is entirely run by Democrats. Entirely. Both senators, the governor, almost everybody in the state government, everybody's a Democrat. If they could pin it on Trump, they would. So they can't pin it on Trump, so they'll pin it on climate change. Climate change is the new catch-all religion. Climate change is actually the perfect foil for Democrats to blame everything on because it is a way to disparage the authority of God, and it is a way to spend endless millions, or if they're allowed to, billions, or if they're allowed to, trillions, on something that they can never get under control enough. Because there'll always be another wildfire, another hurricane. or what? They act like these hurricanes in Florida are a new phenomenon. They're not, okay? There have been hurricanes forever. And as for the argument, when people go, oh, look at the devastation of hurricanes now. These hurricanes now are so much more devastating. Look at the dollar amount in property damage. I mean, the hurricanes in the 1960s didn't cause this much property damage. No, because you could build a house in the 1960s for what? $25,000? And there are areas that are far more inhabited now than used to be. Idiotic, half-inch 
deep analytical understanding of why it costs. Oh, look at the damage. Yes, idiot. Because things cost more now than they did before. And more people have gravitated to these areas and they become more developed. Now, you know that the New York Times, the Washington Post, the L.A. Times, the Chicago Tribune, all the big papers that I looked at when I was at the Cleveland Plain Dealer and thought, wow, that's a really good newspaper. There is no such thing anymore as a really good newspaper because no newspaper has the bottom line to be the kind of newspaper that it should be or could be back in the golden age of newspapers when classified ads and display ads and real estate ads on Sunday and all those things. Now all that stuff's on the internet. It's all on Craigslist. It's all on Facebook. It's all free now. Nobody pays for that nonsense anymore. And so that's why newspapers are not flourishing. But it's more than just a newspaper problem. It's more than just a television problem because the thing that newspapers and television have in common is that they get most of their news from outside their area, and sadly, a lot of the news from inside their area, from one conglomerate news-gathering organization, which you've heard of, called the Associated Press. I had friends who worked at the Associated Press, and back in that day, we're talking 80s, 90s, they made a concerted effort to keep opinion out of Associated Press stories. They don't make that effort anymore. In fact, they make the effort to include it, to stack the deck, to put their foot on the scale, to steer you to believe what they want you to believe. This is not just something I've noticed. It's something that Democratic, well, former, I guess because she's probably not claiming the Democratic Party anymore, former Democratic congressperson Tulsi Gabbard has noticed. I know you remember as well as I do back when the AP was a trusted news source that would objectively just report the news, just report information. They have now become the associated propaganda, seeing how they're inserting their political bias and political narrative, uh, writing pieces that sound a lot more like opinion pieces than they do just actually reporting the news. And especially in this situation, how offensive and egregious it is that they're exploiting this terrible tragedy to once again advance their own political agenda. Yes, they are. They're not going to hold Biden accountable. They're not going to hold Democratic governor of Hawaii, Josh Green, accountable. They're going to just continue to spout their nonsense. I spent, what, a half hour, first part of the show today, half hour on this ridiculous dispatch story about abortions. And, oh, it's really rare, late-term abortions. Don't be worried about late-term abortions. They're really rare. How rare? Oh, in 2021, we had only 151 in the state of Ohio. Oh, so you had like two per county? You had like more than 10 a month? That doesn't seem rare. It seems pretty common. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.